My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Russ Frustick. Welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week we're talking about Rusted Moss, which is a Metroidvania about a young woman fairy halfling. Yeah? That doesn't matter, because this person has two absolutely crucial things that make most games better. A giant-ass sci-fi weapon and a grappling hook. But before we get into that, I mean, we're going to get deep into it. We're also going to talk about the Asus ROG ROG Ally, the new Steam Deck, Steam Deck, the new Steam Deck competitor. Before we do all of that, you have something. Well, to before we now. even do that, I would also say, like, we're recording this before Zelda has come out. So oh, yeah, that's probably worth mentioning. If you're listening and you're like, why the fuck are they not talking about Tears of the Kingdom? Just wait. The next Besties, which is scheduled for uh, May 19th, we'll talk about Tears of the Kingdom a whole heck of a lot. But for now, you're just going to have to wait. We are blissfully ignorant about the future um, here at the Resties. And uh, yeah, I uh, before we jump into things, I've had some plumbing issues in my house, and I thought I'd share. Uh-huh. Well, basically... If you've lived in New York for any period of time, you might know that buildings, people live in buildings. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and many people, and frequently with these buildings, if something needs to be fixed with regards to the water and it impacts the entire building, they shut the entire building's water off. Okay. First point, I know you went to school in New York. You lived in New York lived, for many yeah, years I, after school. I know school, about all this. I'm familiar. You're familiar. Now, are you familiar with what happens after the water gets turned back on? Uh, is it like goop water? You have to like let it run for a while. Yeah, and it it's looks goop like water. Ectoplasm. It's basically. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned ectoplasm because it's basically the scene in Ghostbusters 2 where the tub tries to eat Oscar. It's essentially mm-hmm. that, and especially fitting because the tub that in question uh, was my son's tub, and he's very wee. And oh. thankfully, he was not in, in the tub when this <laughs> okay. happened. But I turned the tap on after the water had been out for 24 hours and the unholy just creation that spewed forth was not even something I envisioned within my eye range. It Can was, you give me some colors and textures? Well, brown. We're just going to start with brown. Start with brown. Okay. Good. And the a poop thick, color. soupy brown. Okay. Like diarrhea. Almost like diarrhea. But, like, if you mix some diarrhea with some melted, like, chocolate ice cream, like, Mm -hmm. that consistency. A diarrhea with ice cream? Yeah, we're not going to go deeper on the gross-out factor thing. Suffice to say, I had no (laughs) idea how to address this problem because after it all happened, even when the water started coming out clear, it was all still messed up. And I had to bring some experts in to solve the Uh, problem. And nothing uh makes me feel like more of a dumbass than a plumber in my house. I don't know which way to take this one. He was so friendly. I feel bad, but I just like, it was just very humbling for someone else to be like, well, the problem here is the cartridge and the cartridge has got to be replaced. And see right there, you got to, you got to do hickey with the thing is. Be, be honest with me. Did you worry? Did you worry at any point that maybe they had switched the pipes? 
With so like the poop pipe oh. was had been replaced or like switched with your swapped with your 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 baby's bathtub pipe. There was a definitely a moment where I was like, "Is this sewage?" Because mm-hmm. it certainly had the consistency. It didn't stink like sewage. So I so like I was kind of sure that it wasn't. It was probably like dirt. I want to say, but uh-huh. like, how is dirt? Just because the pipes were off, like the pipes have been on. Yeah, you know where the dirt. Where did it come from? Yeah, no, that's like what it what unsettles me about when that happens, right? Is that I assume, I assume, and somebody who knows much more about plumbing should let us know. I assume that's like the sediment inside the pipes, right? For sure. Like on in the bottom of a bottle of wine or kombucha or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that when the pipes are off and there's not a lot of water pushing through, that that settle the sediment is like getting into the water, right? Yeah, but wouldn't it always be getting into the water? Well, see, but if like the water is just if it's zipping on by, then yes, but it's moving so fast that it's not having time for it to like stew up in there. So, so it's in the water. You just don't see. Yeah, you're just seeing a a little, little bit of it. You're not seeing it at all. But that's what's creepy, right? Because then, like, does that mean you're always drinking a little bit of the like? Wait, I just I witnessed. That was just 24 hours worth of, like, horror that came out. And the, and the difference is you got it. What what if it, like, accumulates and then you got 24 hours of pure... There's no way. You, where, where does it come from? There's... I don't know. But please, if you, you're you listening... Do you think there's, like, a separate pipe that they, like, they're like, you know what? I don't think it's a separate a pipe. pipe. I'm sure... Th- there's no way that was 24 yep. hours of d- whatever. Please, I, I think it is. No, no, experts, please write into the Twitter account, uh, title it like plumbing answer, and tell us when the water gets shut off <laughs> and then turned back on, like where is that stuff coming from? I cannot think of any possible better segue to transition us into a video game called Rusted Moss. Oh, yeah. It did have the consistency like- of Rusted Moss. Exactly. I love so let's that. take a break and then come back and talk about that game. Cool. Okay, Rusted Moss. I'm going to throw it to you, but I think we should maybe give the listeners some context of the decision to play this game. Sure. And and you can tell your context and I'm going to correct the statement on that context. So go ahead. I'm not going to do that. I'm not No. What, what what the truth is, I have been recommending a lot of great games. That's true. to my my dearest friend Russell Frushick lately. And one of those games may or may not have been Rust Moss, but we'll never know for sure. I mean, I'll know matter. for sure and the listeners that will know for sure it because it doesn't I... it doesn't even matter. What matters is you want you fell in love with this game. I and did. You pulled a real crisp plant. You came into the into our our bestie Slack room, and you said, "Listen up, buds. This is going to be in my top ten games of the year." Yep. And and I was like, "Hey, as someone who makes that mistake a lot, I've got a lot of experience in this. Be careful. Be careful. There's a lot more year left. Multiverse is going to make the multiverses." Cut. <laughs> and, and and you were like, no, 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 no. It really is that good. We should do Arresties on it. And I said, I'm trusting you. This is the game I'm going to play right before Zelda. It has a lot hinging on it. And I did. And I liked it. Well, yeah, let me also just say, let me just say, I did specify that it was like a very Russ Frustic kind of game. I did not necessarily think other people would like it as much as I liked it. 
That that is true. And and the other the other word of warning I will give to our listeners is this game feels like an actual indie game, which is to say it feels like kind of rough around the edges. Yeah, it's a little rough. And and that's totally chill. I think we've played a number of, you know, like Devolver indie games on the Besties and Resties lately. Or that like that caliber of quote indie game where like, yeah, it's an indie game, but like it has a whole apparatus around yeah, it. Yeah, Cult, sure of, Cult like, of the Lamb is an example of one that is like a higher tier, polish. higher budget indie game, like in terms of level of polish and just overall production value. Yeah, okay. So I've, I've set the, the, the table setting here. Tell us what the game actually is. Sure. So it's a Metroidvania. Uh, you are a fae, uh, as in like the fairy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically, I'm not going to like dive too deep into the narrative because I only halfway <laughs> sort of picked it up. But basically, <laughs> it's a big open world that you're exploring as your character. And where it differentiates from other Metroidvanias is in twofold. So fold A, you have 360 degree aiming at all times. So while you're moving or running or jumping or whatever, you can aim in any direction, you can fire in any direction. So that's thing A, which is rare. A lot of Metroidvanias do not have that. Maybe eight direction aiming, but this is full 360 aiming. The other big thing, and Plant alluded to this in uh, Besties previously, you've got this grappling hook. And the grappling hook is like, one of the most unique grappling hooks I think I've ever used in a video game. Do you think that's fair to say, Plant? Yeah, it's a bungee cord. It's a bungee cord. a grappling hook, really. Which is really like, I cannot think of too many games whose grappling hooks work like this. Usually grappling hooks in games are either like, it's just like you shoot like a hook shot where you like shoot it out and it like zips you immediately to that location. Or like uh, like a slack rope like Indiana Jones where you like swing around on it. But this has like an elasticity to it so that if you, I guess, attach at a certain moment, you can use the tautness of the rope to essentially launch yourself over gaps or over walls and stuff like that. And that's like a big part of the game is using that functionality. Yeah. So an example would be you come across a really large gap, right? And you could just do the traditional pendulum style swing. Like, that would be one puzzle solve, right? You know, there's a a thing hanging in the middle, and you grappling hook onto it, and you just pendulum swing across. Traditional grappling hook. In this game, I found a number of puzzles where it was like, actually, we don't need you to go horizontal. We need you to go vertical. So what you would do is there's a big gap, and there's a little, you know, like, thing above you that you could grappling hook onto, but there's also a cliff. So you would jump off the cliff, to get some momentum downwards, grappling hook up at the ceiling, use the kind of like, I guess the springiness of the bungee or, or the tension to then send you back up into space and then like flying up higher into the screen. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're not hard to physics experts. Yeah. We're not physicians. Is that what you call a physics expert? Uh, I'm going to guess now. <laughs> I'm going to guess that that's a doctor. Yeah. Um, but if you've played Portal, I think it works in kind of a similar way in in the terms that like it it considers your existing momentum and but like, you're, yeah you're using gravity graf, gravity you're using gravity and momentum to kind of solve physics puzzles in a weird way yeah and I would say like they're very smart insofar as the game 
approaches that mentality for all of the different areas. So there's one area that's like uh, underwater and you use that same like physics methodology, but you're underwater. So obviously your jumps are higher and uh, maybe you don't get as much tautness on the rope. You have to account for that. And all of the areas, each of the areas has kind of its own little rule that, um, you know, affects the level design. Uh, another area has like wind blowing. So you can now make jumps that previously would be like too far for you to jump, but only if the wind is blowing at that very moment. So it's very clever. And uh, I, I'm really super into it. So the grappling hook is really cool. But honestly, what impressed me maybe more was the way that they handle guns in like combat in this game. Yeah. Which is really clever. And I, I don't... Can you think of anything quite like this? Well, so, what specifically? So and it, you basically have a range uh, for, for your bullets. Your bullets don't go, you know, forever or off the screen. They actually go a very short distance. Mm-hmm. And you can get upgrades for them to go longer. Uh, but the, it, I, I never got to a point where I was shooting across the screen. Yeah, no, you bullets. won't. You're right. And... The types of enemies that you come across also have different ranges for their weapons. So it's not like they're shooting things across the screen. So it creates a kind of Rochambeau effect to combat where you're thinking of like, how do I want to upgrade my weapon to counter the strengths and distances of an enemy, uh, an, 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 an enemy's weapon? Yeah. So for example... You could have an enemy that's really, really, really tough, but it's slow and it only shoots a very short distance, but those shots are like extremely powerful. Well, you could just maintain distance away from it, upgrade your bullets to go a little bit further, and you can stand just out of range of it, and it can just never really hit you. So suddenly this enemy that was really daunting is like not a threat really at all, as long as you come with the right upgrade for your weapon. And there were a number of times where I felt like I was having to think about really spacing in the game mm-hmm. um, in terms of the combat rather than, I guess, a traditional idea of, like, shooter action game skill combat. And, and the, the, the grappling hook comes into effect there, too, because there are a number of uh, boss fights throughout the game where positioning yourself whether that's like hanging from the grappling hook or getting really really close to the ceiling so that you can kind of skirt things that are gliding underneath you or dangling off an edge um using the grappling hook to get position and then having yourself just in range to be able to pull off the shots became like the entire way i was playing the game by by the time i i stopped yeah and you were you were talking about the the upgrade system if you've played hollow knight before obviously people that are fans of metroidvanias and fans of the besties are familiar with hollow knight but Mm -hmm. uh they have similar systems where you're essentially attaching uh perks and you have a number of perk slots that you upgrade over the course of the game and then at any time when you're at a save point you can basically slot in hey i want more range or hey i want uh, maybe some extra health or something like that. So you can constantly tweak your build depending on like the boss fight that you're in and stuff like that. You can also just switch weapons totally on the fly in the middle of combat, which is very helpful, not only from a range perspective, but also some of the weapons, and this is like mid to late game, but some of the weapons will directly impact your physics. So if you, um, the rocket launcher is like an obvious example. If you fire at your feet and do a very traditional rocket jump, it will launch you into the air and you're capable of now doing jumps that were like previously totally impossible. 
and you can kind of imagine how you would pair that with the physics of the rope into doing these like really acrobatic amazing things in the game so i don't want to like go too deep into the messiness but i think it's worth talking about not as like a dig but as more of a heads up yeah I, let me let me let me set it up and then you could speak to your experience okay so um rusted moss is different from a lot of metroidvanias especially newer metroidvanias insofar as you can go to a lot of different places very very early on mm-hmm. so much of the map is open to you if you think of it like dark souls like Arguably, in Dark Souls, you could go to the cemetery or the uh, catacombs within the first, like, 10 minutes of gameplay. You absolutely shouldn't do that. You will get rocked. But you can do that. And in Rusted Moss, that is true as well. Maybe not to that extreme. But very early on, you are able to access areas that are much, much higher level, I guess. There aren't levels, but, like, areas that you really shouldn't be in because you're not quite at uh, a proper power level yet. But you can access those. And for someone that maybe doesn't play a ton of Metroidvanias, I think I could see it being very confusing because you feel like, oh, I'm here. This must be the only way I can go. And because I've played them, I knew like, oh, this is like super fucking hard. There's no way they want me to go this way. And and like went exploring in other locations. So what was your experience? I, I agree with that. Your framing of like this being an old-fashioned type of Metroidvania mm-hmm. is really helpful, and I wish I had gone into it with that in mind because I think, I think I was picturing something more modern because it's doing a lot of interesting things, and it feels like a, a modern video game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the worst experience I had, and I was like texting you in a rage over it, um, was... I got to some point relatively early in the game, but like, I don't know, after the second or third boss or some, something like that. And a character was like, hey, you know what? Here's a teleport. You can now teleport back to all these different spots that you visited in the environment. Um, and you need to go like far westward. Um, that's where whatever you need is. And I was like, great, I can go get the MacGuffin in the far west. So I teleported to the far west and I pressed westward. And I was just getting uh, just destroyed. I mean, totally obliterated. And I was making, I made some progress and and then I made a little bit more. And then like suddenly an hour had passed and I was just repeating the same thing over and over again, making my way further and further, but not getting anywhere close to, I think, where I needed to be. So then I texted you and basically was just honestly like venting about it because I was getting so frustrated. And you pointed out that, it where I was was a late game spot, maybe even an optional spot. I mean, it's and definitely from, optional. I, yeah, you can basically beat the game. When you beat a boss, you get like a body part. Effectively, that's what you're collecting to like get to the end. And you can beat the game with like five of them, but there are like twelve in total. So, mm. so like a ton of the game is optional. It's kind of staggering how much the game is optional. Uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that if only because. You know, your power ups and that make the game a lot easier when you go through every area. But yeah, yeah, you you do need to be mindful of like, is this area too much for me at that given time? Yeah. And, and that's what I found frustrating because in my head, I was thinking Metroidvania. If I can, as long as I can move forward, I am in a place that I can and should be. 
like a Metroidvania, especially modern one, would kind of irrigate me out of this place for the time being if if I shouldn't be here. And that is not that was not the case. Like I, I, I technically could exist there. I technically could kind of make progress, but it felt all wrong. And once you said that, I it just changed how I played it from that point on. Yeah. I came to a number of other places where I that would have happened to me again had I not talked to you and just gotten that that encouragement of like, if you are annoyed, keep going. There there are other places for you to look. Because at the time it felt like, oh well, surely this is the right path. And then I would I would just be wasting my time going around the environment when no, the exact opposite. Like you said, there are so many directions to go that if I got irritated or bored with one thing, I just would go look for another open slot on the um the the map screen. And the way that the map works is it's like a little block like graph paper almost and there's openings um between each i guess square representing like a, i don't know a part of the level and if there's an opening that's opening to just nothingness that means that like hey that's that's another block that you could go fill in um so as long as i saw openings that were not connected to anything where i you know any part of the map that i had unlocked then there was more for me to explore yeah it's actually you know, the openness of this game is very weird for the genre because traditionally, and you've played enough of Metroidvanias in like the last couple years that you kind of know, uh, you know, think of uh, Axiom Verge 2, for example, or, or uh, Metroid Dread. Basically, the usual flow is you fight this boss. After beating the boss, you get like a double jump and then because you have the double jump, you can now access this other part of the map. But in this game, there are very few of those. There's like three, and you get them all very early in the game. And once you have those three, that's all you need to explore basically the entire rest of the map. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it can be a little intimidating, but yeah, plant plants methodology is right. You're really just looking for new areas you haven't been yet. And, um, and it'll be very clear because... Once you enter like a new biome, like the new mechanics start showing up with the wind that I talked about and stuff like that. So it's it's always very obvious when you're like, oh, this is a brand new thing. I should explore more here. Um, yeah, I, I, I really was like completely smitten by this game in ways that I was not fully expecting uh, just because it's like so kind of under under the radar and didn't get a ton of attention. But I hope more people play it because there just aren't a ton of like really really good indie metroidvanias it's a tough genre to tackle as an indie um and i thought they did just a really terrific job but before we before we move on i wanted to give you some time to talk about the kind of like look oh yeah uh yeah the look is it looks like a really crunchy pixelated game i'm trying to think of like an analog but it just it it just looks like from like the mid nineties era 2D games, but more stylized than that. A little more Yeah. I would almost say Celeste in a weird way. Yeah, it's not as clean as Celeste, but no, it is or, in the same ballpark. Not as colorful. Yeah. Um but it, it has that that I don't know, there's a shape to those characters where it's it's almost like eight bit art. Um yeah, it's like eight bit art, but it's modernized such yeah. that it doesn't feel it doesn't look like an NES game. 
but it does kind of look like games that came out maybe on PC in that era. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening in 8-bit art is kind of a strange description, Google Mario 8-bit versus Mario 16-bit, and that'll give you a really clear idea of what the visual differences are in terms of like how a pixel character is drawn between yeah, those two like, uh, or Mario on the NES versus Mario on the Super NES, for example. Yeah, Mar- Mario has eyeballs in one of them, and then uh, the other one, Mario just has a, a dot yeah. that is symbolizing part of his face um cool yeah i i really like this i i actually think i will probably go back to it and play a little bit more i don't think i will see the end because i don't see the end of most games um but it's been kind of like a nice chill out game especially on the asus rog ally oh yeah which we can talk about right after the break okay we're back I've been playing a new video game handheld, and we mentioned this, I think, at the end of the last Besties 2. Um, the Asus ROG Ally. Is that really how it's pronounced? <clears throat> I Asus or, or ROG? ROG. I believe it is because it is an acronym for the Republic of Gamers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's so... Did oh, you need just, a it, visa to enter the Republic of Gamers? Or? Uh, you do need a visa or a MasterCard. Oh. American Express is also accepted, oh. baby. Um, here's what it is. The Asus ROG Ally. I'm just going to call it the Ally. Yeah, just call it the Ally. Um, it, it, a picture of Steam Deck. And now uh, blur it in your head with the uh, the aesthetic of a Nintendo Switch. It's white. And, and throw windows on it. And, and it's got windows. And and that's basically what it is. Instead of the Steam Deck, uh, which runs uh, w- w- runs Linux with a Proton shell. Is that what it's called? I don't know. It, it's like a... It's, it's called Steam the way OS. The Steam Deck works. Yes, yeah. it has Steam OS on it, which runs on top of Linux. And Steam OS uh, translates basically. Whatever. It makes it possible to run Windows games on Linux, so you don't actually have to have Windows on the device, even though all the games that it's playing or that the vast majority of them are actually designed for Windows. This is like kind of a just an, an astonishing feat. I have to this day no real understanding of how they pulled it off. I've watched technical videos about it; they make my nose bleed. Um, but it's really cool. And honestly, it works like the vast majority of the time at launch for steam deck. There were some games that didn't work like persona Four golden was, I think one of the biggies. Um, and every now and then I still have some headaches with it. Rusted Moss actually was one of the few I've had a headaches with. Um, I had the raw wrong version of proton running. Oh, interesting. Out. I didn't know and you figured yeah, it I out. Guess, I guess at some point I had turned on experimental. Ah. Because you needed it to run, like, I don't know, Persona 4 or something a long time ago. And it worked perfectly fine until this. And then I had to, like, delete the Proton shell off the game. I don't know. Anyway. It was it was a whole thing. Um, the flip side of that is on the Ally. It just runs Windows. So if you want to play anything that runs on Windows and, and meets the, the hardware specs, it, it should just work the way it works on any other Windows PC. Um, which is great. It's really, really cool. And that's especially good if you want to more easily play stuff that's outside of Steam. So if you're a person who plays a lot of like indie games on itch.io 
uh, or if you play a lot of old games on good old games or the Epic Game Store or any of those things, Xbox, uh, downloading off Xbox Game Pass, those are really positive reasons to, to consider the ally over the Steam Deck. That doesn't mean you can't play many of those scenes on the Steam Deck. it's a pain in the ass it's a pain in the ass yeah it's annoying you know it requires going to desktop mode and setting things up and it's not impossible but it does add layers and steps that in theory the the uh ally would not have yes but the ally is running windows which is designed for mouse and keyboard and and it has some ways that it tries to fix that, which I'll get to. But at the end of the day, it, it is Windows. So you are navigating Windows with effectively what feels like a, a better version of the Switch controller and a touchscreen. Um, and that's not horrible. It's not impossible by any means, but it certainly is not ideal. And that's why Asus has added, I think it's called Armory Crate or Armory Crate SE, which is trying to do for the ally what the steam os did for for the steam deck which is hey this is more of a uh a menu system where you can pick from all the games that you want to play uh in the similar way to how you pick from games on your xbox or on your playstation 5 or on your switch that there's a whole bunch of icons and tiles yeah you can it's easily like navigate if you've them. used steam big picture mode it's basically like that yes and i did not like it i found it very buggy and unreliable and at a certain point i was just getting so frustrated that i would exit out of it mm-hmm. um the thing though is you could just run steam big picture mode on this yeah so you can kind of recreate the steam setup pretty well um in the steam deck experience pretty well on on this device uh that said it's more expensive than the steam deck like it's, I think the the version that is per- currently available for pre order, I think is fifty dollars, about fifty dollars more expensive than the most expensive Steam Deck on the market, and the reason for that is, well, one, they have a Windows license on it, uh, it's a little bit more powerful, or at least it is on paper. I I I was it, not yeah, playing. It, it, it's a more modern chip. Uh, the the um, screen is 1080p instead of uh, 800p, and um. Yeah, I mean, it is yeah. certainly more powerful. But, but while it is more powerful, I wasn't playing games on it that I can't play on the Steam Deck. Right. So, like, we couldn't get, um, you know, Jedi Survivor to run on yeah. the Steam Deck. I couldn't get it to run on the Ally either. Yeah. Um, you so might, it's not you like might a see, like, step if forward. you're playing Elden Ring, which runs on both, Yeah. you might see a 5 to 10 frame rate jump mm-hmm. on the Ally. That's a very good way of putting it. Um, uh, yeah, overall, I, I really, really like it. And I really, really like that there are just some competitors coming out for the Steam Deck. Yeah, Um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm curious, in the hand, if you were to compare the two, which would you rather hold? Obviously, the Steam Deck's very large, but I have sort of taken to its form factor from just from a comfort, comfort standpoint, I've spent so much time with it. That is a great question because when the Steam Deck came out, I remember a lot of people dunked on it as like, wow, it's massive. But I I adore the Steam Deck. It feels like an actual video game controller and it feels really like 
I don't know, like serious? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a better way of saying it. Like, it feels expensive and sturdy. Um, and I was really worried about the Ally because it is very slim. It's not totally flat. It has some, like, curve to it for your palms and, and a little bit of grip on the back. But it is closer to the OLED Switch kind of design, right? Yeah. And that does not feel very great in the hand. But Twist, I like it quite a bit. I actually liked playing um, Rusted Moss on it more on, on, on the Ally than I did on the Steam Deck. Interesting. Um, I Something like um, uh, Octopath Traveler 2, I've been really enjoying on it um, because it just has a really beautiful, bright screen. Um, I run it like Octopath at max settings, beautiful bright bright screen I'm, you can run it at like 120 hertz so i mean just a ridiculous frame rate that is completely unnecessary um and it, it's a little bit lighter so you know when i'm playing an rpg like that that i'm actually going to sit down and play for an hour or more that's great um that said i don't know if i like playing something that's more hardcore like a shooter or something I think Steam Deck is is more where I want to go. Yeah. Um. I was playing some Forza Horizon Five on the Ally, and it's it's good, but I I did feel like I was missing maybe a little bit of the precision in a three D space. Sure. Which again is weird because Rusted Moss is also about precision, but for some reason it, it clicked differently. I guess it's to say like a lot of these things are just toss ups. I don't really think like one is inherently better than the other i don't think you can really go wrong and i think um which one you get might just be like which one's available um yeah it well like this... i mean the steam deck at this point is available for so, anyone right yes but you do have to order it online and that's a barrier especially for like if you i don't know i could see somebody asking for this i mean it's a hell of an expensive christmas gift or maybe it's a christmas birthday gift combined um but in theory, this is going to be sold like Best Buy, right? Sure. Um, so I, I think that there is still among some people a market where it's like, oh, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to actually go buy this thing. I, uh, it's available right now. I, I've been able to test it in person, maybe at, at a retailer um, versus, you know, the Steam Deck where you just kind of have to go on everybody else's word. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty great. Um, I don't think you need to buy one fresh. I have a no, feeling that Griffin's going to get one. I'm sure he will. He's uh, Griffin will definitely get one. Obsessive. Definitely... I, I certainly was like, this seems neat. It certainly seems like something that I would use, but having a Steam Deck and loving the Steam Deck as much as I do, this seems like the sort of thing that, especially, I mean, I'm glad the competitors are moving into this space because now I know almost for sure that there's going to be an equivalent one of these from all of the major hardware manufacturers, probably annually. I wonder if anybody had had that idea, maybe in a rescue's prediction. <laughs> I can't, I can't recall, but we'll have to check at the end of the year. I can't it does sound familiar. It does sound familiar. Uh, huh. I know we have one last year, but I don't know uh -huh. if we have one this year. We'll I, see. Yeah, we'll see. You might have looked it up already. I, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I think um, I think it is cool, but if you already have a Steam Deck, it's probably not worthwhile, as I'm sure Plant can attest. Yeah. I also think that if you're thinking of dipping your toe into this world of like handheld PC gaming, as it were, 
I think the Steam Deck is much more welcoming, not only from a price point standpoint, but also because it's um, just very instantly tied in with your Steam library, which obviously the ROG can, uh, the Ally can be as well. But it just seems like more of a console experience. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I guess what I would say if you are tied into PC gaming, you should probably get this one. Um, like if you've been tied into it, especially if you've been PC gaming for like a decade or whatnot, right? And you ha- probably have your multiple accounts across like a, a number of different storefronts and you're familiar with how like how to monitor Windows PC gaming in general. Yeah. Um, but if you are coming from the Switch and you are, yeah, th- at that point, like 100%, I think you are better served by going to the Steam Deck first. I think the Steam Deck is like, the kind of ideal entry point into the world of PC gaming because PC gaming, I mean, that's the joke is like, it doesn't just work. Yeah. Um, and somehow the steam deck does. And I, 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 the best guess I have for why that is, is people designed to it almost like it is a console. Exactly. Right. The specs um, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, valve has their system for verifying games. So, you know, not only that it runs because the performance is right, but also that like you can read all the HUD elements and the text isn't too small right. and stuff like that. And Valve controls the store, like the store yeah. in PC gaming, and people want to keep them happy. So making sure that your game can run on Steam Deck, I won't say that like people feel like they absolutely have to do it, but I, I imagine it certainly runs through their head that they would like it to run well on the device named after the storefront that's <laughs> going to make the most of their money. Yeah. Um, yeah, one, one, one other thing. So this is a little bit more powerful than the Steam Deck for sure, but it's not like a a new generation of these. And I've been trying to figure out, will we get something actually more powerful than the Steam Deck anytime soon? Will even the next iteration of the Steam Deck be more powerful? And like my best guess is no. And I'm curious one, what you think and, and what kind of your, your, reasoning is okay well here's the thing i don't think i know the answer to this question okay valve has already talked about it they already said that if they release another steam deck the two areas that they would look to improve this is going off of memory so i'm just but i'm pretty sure it was both battery life and the screen so maybe they'd improve the screen to like an OLED screen or whatever, yeah. or maybe they would improve the battery life to like double the amount you can play, but they would not change the specs. And the reason for that is what we were just talking about. They don't want to have to go through and re-verify everything, and they don't want to start making distinctions of, well, it runs on the Steam Deck 1, but it doesn't run on the Steam Deck 2, and da 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 yeah. I think we are three, at least three years away from a like, pretty significant spec overhaul on the steam deck and it might even be like four to five years away i think they like this being the standard and yeah we'll see what like competitors like the ally do for that but it might like expedite that thinking but i don't think it's going to happen in the next two years certainly i i think i think two years is right i i agree i mean i i remember that report too also the idea of a steam deck with an oled screen and a better battery life is nirvana yeah i was Um, playing let me just say i i've been playing i'll talk about it in a little bit of uh other stuff but i've been replaying breath of the wild in anticipation for tears in the kingdom oh yeah and 
I've been playing so much Steam Deck before that, and then I switch back to the OLED Switch. Yeah. And fuck, that screen looks so good. It's, it's... And I'm colorblind, and I can see how dramatically different it is. I know. It is unreal to the point of like, yeah, I kind of want more consoles that use that screen. Yeah. I, I I agree. And 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 on your point, I agree that's all true about Valve. The threat would be another company coming around and doing it. I don't think that'll happen either though, because Valve doesn't seem interested in making money off the Steam Deck. Like, I mean they, they are in the back end, right? They're making money because people are plugged into the ecosystem. Exactly, exactly. But but off the, the hardware itself. Yeah, I agree. They 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 stand to benefit just by having more people playing Steam and by making by normalizing gaming handheld pcs because that means there will be more competition yep and that competition will just have steam on it anyway so yeah the more of these that are out there the better they don't i imagine feel like a need to like force you know somebody to uh to outdo them and they i i can't imagine they want to just keep outdoing the market with that advantage um because they they want people to participate in this market they want the ally to exist i have no doubt like this seems like a huge win for them. Um, but because of that, because they don't need to make a lot of money off the device itself, again, they can sell it at these ridiculously low prices for what they're actually selling. Yeah. And everyone else doesn't have that advantage. You know, like you're not going and buying your games off Asus's website or web, you know, storefront. So they need to make a profit off of, off of each of these allies or any other handheld devices that they make. Which means they're always working from behind against the Steam Deck. And so it'll be a few years before, I guess, you know, whatever chips are being used to, like, make a more powerful portable gaming PC before those prices drop. And they can put something out there that is, you know, noticeably better than the Steam Deck versus right now where it's, it's again, it is better. I don't want to undersell that. Um, it's just not, again, it, it's not playing some of the games that, are are now brand new to PC gaming. Yeah. And that that's the part that makes me wonder, yeah, is it more like two years for Steam or for um, Valve to get back in the ring? Because I imagine they'll want to have some Steam Deck out there that can play practically everything that's available. Mm, yeah. I don't mean you know, I don't think it I don't think that they need everything to be playable at high quality. I think they're very okay with everything being playable at low. Um but I, I do think it has to be a little weird to them to have a, their device now start to have more and more games that just like aren't going to run on it. Because... Yeah, I think I think Starfield's going to be a big, big moment for them. And, and you know, I'm sure yeah. people will mod it to the point of getting it to work on a Steam Deck. Um, and that's sort of the, what I was talking about in terms of the community basis. Like, I think at least for right now, you're going to see a ton of YouTube videos how to get starfield running on steam deck you won't you won't necessarily see that amount of support for ally at least for now so if you're looking for like a lot of support on how to run your games yeah steam deck again a bit of a safer bet but you're right if you want you know the best of the best in terms of stats and and get the most versatility the ally is probably the way to go um I think that's it. Do you want to do some honorable mentions before we wrap up? Yeah, I, this is going to be my last hurrah talking about Breath of the Wild because I know... Oh, wow. But, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out and it's just going to destroy it. And it's out already. I'm talking to future everybody in the planet who is already playing it and loving it. But 
as a last hurrah for Breath of the Wild, I was like, I, you know, I don't know when I'm going to play this game next. It could be 10 years. So I attempted to finish the Trials of the Sword, which were these like insanely difficult challenges that you only access like towards the very end of the game. They were released as DLC. And I, I felt like it'd be like a really good last hurrah to like, okay, I did it and like finished all the quests in the game and and got that satisfaction. And I really super tried. I, I made it through halfway through the final challenge, which just getting halfway took like an hour of me like really playing carefully and just like creeping my way along. And then I got fully smoked by like five guardians in one of the challenge rooms. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is not happening. I There's no way I'm going to like throw myself at this with the game coming out so soon, the new, the sequel. And so I decided on another objective, which I was very close to, but I hadn't fully done. And I went around and I finished my compendium in Breath of the Wild, which was, uh, if you recall, you had like an in-game camera and you can take pictures of like every item and enemy and boss and whatever in the game and kind of like Pokemon Snap, if you will. And whenever you like do one of them, it like fills a little thing in your book and whatever. And I was missing probably like 30 of them. And over the last like week or so, I've just been like picking away at it. And uh, it is done. I finished my compendium and it was it was a nice little send off to Breath of the Wild. I'm proud of you. Yeah. That's it's it's a feat. I I'm like jealous that I can't do that. I mean, you can, I, but no, I I can't. My brain does not work that way. I I could try so hard to be like I'm going to sit down. I'm going to I'm going to savor this game. I'm going to set a goal like this and I'm going to go out and do it and and I won't. I just I like my my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, that's okay. But it sounds nice. It was it nice. Sounds very nice. It was very. It was a nice little heartwarming thing. That sounds so good. Um, too bad we'll never play that game again. Never it ever. Sucks now. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> hey, it's future me. This certainly game sucks. not when Switch Two comes out and it's running at 8K and 120 hertz. Cool. Uh, my stuff. Uh, I watched Hoop Dreams last night. Have you ever oh, seen that Hoop movie? Dreams? Yeah, that movie's great. Uh, it's a three-hour PBS documentary. I believe it was PBS um, uh, about two high school basketball players in Chicago in the late '80s, early '90s, and it's about so much more than basketball. It is—it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it, heads up if, if you decide to stream it. It is shot uh, in that square old school TV format. Oh, yeah. And shot on, you know, like old school, I believe, whatever that digital, is it digital film? I think it's digital. Like DV. Very, yeah, very, very, very early DV camera. So it, it looks rough. Like yeah. it looks of its time. Um, and that's just how it's supposed to look. So if you turn it on, you're like, wow, Amazon has the bad version of it. No, that's just that's just it. Um, you kind of adapt to it pretty quickly, and at a certain point, it almost feels like an aesthetic choice because of the time period. Um, so there's that, and then just a heads up for everybody: if you like me are somebody who loves uh, the We Shop Wednesday video, or I have song, no idea what that is. The, the, so do you know Nirvana, the band, the show? Yes. And you know that they have the Wii Shop Wednesday song? No. Super Mario RPG 
Da 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 No, da, I, yeah, I just saw that. Da 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 mineral. Really, you don't know this? I know the th- I know the eShop music, but I didn't. Oh know. my gosh! Well, yeah. Okay, we so don't I'm have the share rights this with you but... afterwards. It's like only the most important video game song ever written. This is weird. Um, but the one of the co-stars of Nirvana, the band, the show, is an indie film director, and he's finally getting his big break. And it is a movie about the origins of BlackBerry, the phone, and it stars uh, Glenn Howard. Right, right, right. It's always sunny, and his head's shaved. Yeah. And uh, Jay Baruchel and Carrie Yules and and this guy from Nirvana the Band the Show. And I really want this movie to do well because I like them. Uh, I like his stuff in general. I think he makes really interesting indie movies. Um, and... Uh, I, I like the Canadian film industry succeeding. And most importantly, the word is that uh, this movie is expected to do well. And he wants to turn that success into a Nirvana, the band, the show movie. Oh, wow. Which is a great way to burn all of it. Yeah. Um, for basically an audience of me. Uh, so, is yeah. it funny, Blackberry? Black, it looks very funny. I mean, the cast oh, you, is, is funny. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. It comes out like... Well, okay, it's actually out now. I probably have seen it. I'm sure I've written something very wonderful in Letterboxd about it, so all of you can go read that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've heard it's funny. The trailer also, looked very, but, very fun. But also tragic. And better than the Tetris movie. I mean, yeah. That, low bar. <laughs> low bar. Um, cool. That's it. Do we, we did it. We did it? Okay, the games that we mentioned... Uh, Today, we talked about Rusted Moss. We talked about the Asus ROG Ally. Uh, we talked about the film Hoop Dreams and Blackberry. And of course, we said goodbye. We'll never, ever talk about it ever again to the legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Rest in peace to a real, a real one. <laughs> Pour one out. <laughs> Bye-bye, Breath of the Wild. Pour some Real Lana Viking milk funeral. on the ground in honor of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Dorks. Uh, that's it. We did it. Um, next next Resties, we're going to talk about... I'm going to guess we're going to talk about Breath of... No. I'm going to guess that we're going to talk about Tears of the Kingdom in some capacity, but probably something else, because that's going to be a little while away from now, and maybe, maybe people will be all Tears of the Kingdom out. I doubt it, but... But I don't, I don't, I don't want you running away if you feel overwhelmed by what is going to be this absolutely bonkers uh, deluge of Zelda content over the next few weeks. Um, so we'll keep you posted. You can always find out more on our Twitter at the Besties Pod. And that's it. That's it for the Resties. I am Christopher Thomas Plant. You are Russ Frostick. That's right. And we are the Resties. We're the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Resties! Resties.